You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. You are in for a treat, I tell you. This conversation that I am about to share with you is a conversation I had with one of our flip sisters. Her name is Bridget. She is in Denver, uh, in the Denver area, and she's just awesome. And this is such a real, authentic, genuine conversation about her journey from a tough childhood, a history of gaslighting and self-doubt. We talk about her journey in our program, her finding her voice, her telling her husband what she needs her standing up for her dream, her creating boundaries. And on top of all of that, we talk about her first flip. (laughs) This is such a powerful conversation that you're about to hear. I'm so excited. All right, let's just go. Let's start with you introducing yourself. Let us know a little bit about you, where you are, a little bit of your background, and maybe what why, what got you into interested in flipping houses? What was that about? Okay. So, um, Bridget, I'm in Colorado. I live, um, about 30 minutes North of Denver in a really small town called Superior, which is part of Boulder County. Um, most people are familiar with Boulder. Um, I just moved actually to Colorado. Let's see, my daughter's five, so five years ago. So I was eight months pregnant when I moved. So it's always a good benchmark for me to remember when I moved here. <laughs> um, and so uh, in my professional life, I've always been in sales um, and healthcare sales for you know a vast majority. I'd say of the 16, 16 years I've been doing sales. 14 of that has been in healthcare. Um, everything from the pharmaceutical rep calling on the primary care doc to where I am now, which is in the oncology space. Okay. Um, so I work for a small biotech company currently um, called CGen, and I support um, oncologists in the, who treat blood cancers. Um, it is rewarding, but... Um, there's also, I've always struggled with my success is that, um, how do I want to put this? You know, it, it's as a result of the worst day of someone's life. Oh God. They have cancer, right? Oh, so, um, I mean, we've all been touched by cancer, whether personally ourselves or family members at this point. Um, but it's, that's always been a struggle for me. Um, and something I've had a hard time reconciling, you know, being at the top of in my sales and what that means. Oh my um, gosh, for sure. For somebody else. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I've I wanted to get into another field. Um, and I've always, always wanted to get into house flipping or, you know, some sort of design type thing. Um, you know. I, since I can remember, I've been obsessed with houses. Like when I was in high school, I would go to open houses. I grew up on the um, far south side of Chicago, like the old El Capone home. Oh, cool. And like, I loved that. Like, and I was obsessed with Frank Lloyd Wright. And, uh, you know, I would I literally by myself in high school would go to open houses. I love it. I love it. We would have been besties. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I used to rearrange my bedroom like once a month. It drove my parents crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would rearrange things all the time. It's just something I was, you know, obsessed with. And unfortunately, didn't pursue that for a career. Um, there's a lot of backstory to that. But 
Um, you know, I grew up in the Chicagoland area and I have parents who, um, I guess, had a lot, a lot of childhood trauma, mm-hmm. I'll just say that, and that affected me and my decision making and um, I needed security to not have to depend on them. So I went in the business route, um, which sales I thought would be easy, you know. Um, so, but, you know, for like, I'd say probably almost 12 years, I've dreamt about getting into flipping. And COVID, um, you know, has it affected many people in different ways. For me, it was life's too short. Stop dreaming and start doing. Um, and I came across you on social media and started listening to some podcasts. And finally, I had a conversation with my husband and said, I want to do this and I want to do this for me. And I'm done thinking about it. I'm done dreaming about it. And I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so here I am. <laughs> yeah. It's such a common conversation that so many of, of our members have, right? It's like, I've done for others for a really long time and I'm going to go ahead and chase this thing that I'm really curious about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's definitely something we hear for sure. Yeah. It, it, and I will admit, you know, in the beginning shifting that mindset of doing for me was hard. Um, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily thought it would be easy. I just, maybe didn't think it would be so hard to let go of the expectations I put on myself, quite frankly, to be everything to everybody else. Um, So that was, that was a huge shift, you know, in the group, you know, you know, and others within the group know, like to speak up and say, I need to do this to the ones around me. And let go of the guilt that came with that and just sit through like the muddiness of that afterward and keep going was, um, it was tough, but once it started and I started feeling good. And I think once other people around me started seeing the difference in me, oh. it made that like so easy. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. it is. It, it, that's you said that so well, because it is a shift in us that has to happen. It, and it's a shift in other people around us, right? Because they've been seeing us as a circle. Mm-hmm. And now we're saying, guess what? We're not circles anymore. We're triangles now. Yep. <laughs> and so now, and, and we're like, we're kind of like trying to own that, right? Like, okay, I'm a triangle now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, I don't know. I kind of liked you as a circle. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like your triangleness is, is mm-hmm. kind of threatening me. Now affecting me. Yeah. Like right. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. And like just being able to sit through that and wait it out was it was it was tough. There were days that I almost like converted back to the yeah. old me or tried to juggle it all and do it all and felt myself drowning in it. And you know, one of my biggest hangups is asking for help, yeah. you know, like most women, yep. you know, yep. you know, um, it's real hard for me. And then I finally, you know, this is my dream. I need to do it. And it'll make it, I will show up as a better version of me for everyone around me. Jeez, man. Okay. So you had that conversation when you joined the initial conversation of, I want to do it. And then I started doing it and then too much. I couldn't keep up. Like, you know, we were in the midst of the pandemic. So I had two kids home. Yeah. I was working from home with my day job. My husband's working from home. I'm teaching my kid, you know, my third grader, well, then in second grade, um, and trying to do this and juggle it all. And, you know, the voices in the head, like, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. And I was killing myself in it. And so I finally just had a moment and, and quite honestly, it was, the group that kind of pulled this out of me in the sense of like seeing everybody else doing it and hearing everybody else's struggles. Yeah. You know, it's not just the success that motivated me. It's hearing of other struggles. Absolutely. That Absolutely. Like seeing, 
the successes are fantastic and absolutely we're going to celebrate the heck out of it. But show me somebody struggling and getting and still doing the thing that you back up. To do, right. Mm-hmm. Like that's what blows my mind. Like that's what inspires mm-hmm. me. And that's what inspires most of us is seeing, okay, wow, that didn't destroy her. How did that not destroy her? Right. How is she still going? That's crazy. And I'm over here complaining about what's yep. going on in my life. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm not a unicorn. There's plenty of women in this group that are working their moms they are yeah. doing it all and they're still doing this. Yes. And so it was like, what are they doing differently? And, you know, how are they, you know, continuing to show up for themselves? And I had to make that choice to do that and yes, speak up and say, I need help. I can't do all this. And, you know, I, it is my turn yeah. to pursue my I remember that. I remember you posting that. I remember you posting that you, you set and created some boundaries and you asked for what you needed. Oh my gosh. I totally remember that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your first completed and sold <laughs> flip. Second purchased, first completed. Second purchase, first completed and sold and all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the numbers on that. So when did you close on the purchase of that? June 15th. Okay. And then what did you pay for it? 411. Okay. And I know a lot of these answers, but I'm just going to ask them anyway. How did you find it? I found it through a wholesaler and it was a first come first serve. So it was bid whoever. Those are my favorite. Those are the only ones I'll I'll do. Yep. Okay. So 411 and when you went into it, what were you thinking the renovation would be? What was the rehab budget? So we're going to backpedal a little bit <laughs> to my first purchase flip. So um, I purchased a flip in the end of April in downtown Denver. I hired a GC for that. Um, and I found this one in June, this one in Longmont. And so my GC that was working the one in Denver was also going to do this one. So he was the one that walked the property with me and gave me the bid. So initially the bid was for 55K right up. Um, And then a whole lot of things happened. (laughs) Um, And I know we'll get into some of this, you know, later on, but that you see between the close of the Longmont property and which was June 15th and July 1st, a lot came to light about Denver and what was happening and that um, subs weren't being paid, even though I paid him and was receiving lien waivers that were obviously um, complete crap. So I, I, my gut started telling me some things were going on and I, was trying not to inject a lot of fear based on my background and my upbringing. I can do that at times. Um, so I was really trying to work on that piece, but then it came to a point where it was evident. So I started doing my homework. And so in that two week time frame, I had to fire him on Denver and fire him on Longmont. Oh obviously. gosh. So right. Okay. So right after you close, all of a sudden you're, you have two projects without a GC. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he demoed long not, and he didn't even demo at all before I fired him. Um, and he did some demo that was wrong and cost me a little bit more money and not a lot, but a little bit more in terms of plumbing and stuff that he did. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it turned, I had to quickly determine, all right, I need a GC in Denver because that's a huge project. That's like $185,000 rental. It's like a complete gut. Um, so that one, I couldn't even GC myself. There was just no way with what I had on my plate and everything. Sure. And I decided to GC Longmont, in con- it, but there's a caveat to that, that I don't think I even shared. And maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Um, I had a partner mm-hmm. on Longmont, a 50-50 partner. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we talked you know, we had our terms of, you know, how this partnership was going to look and we decided we would GC it together and we would share in that. Right. Um, 
there's some stories with that and lots of lessons learned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we, we thought we'd be able to handle that. And, you know, we thought, okay, we know our budget and all that sort of thing. And as we started to get bids um, from Stubbs and um, a friend of his does work um, and bids from him, it quickly started to, we started to realize we were completely underbid by my original GC. Oh, God. Um, by like 15. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, we, we managed it. Um, there were some hiccups along the way in that, whether it was supply chain um, between windows, AC unit, appliances. Those were the three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still remain <laughs> to be the same three issues right now. But um, I got COVID. My whole family got COVID. So there was a month in that project that, um, I couldn't be out there and I couldn't do anything. Um, and I was the one picking all finishes Got it. um, and doing all the creative part of it. So, you know, that also prolonged our project. So originally it was supposed to be an eight week project. Okay. And it ended up being how long? Uh, 12. Okay. So between purchase and listing was 12. Mm-hmm. And then instead of 55K reno, it was 70. Um, and then we went over and did some extra things. And then because of supply chain, we went over more um, as we had to get what we had to get. <laughs> so it ended up being 85. Okay. So 12 weeks, 85K. Okay. So what was your initial ARV? Our initial ARV was 565. And what did you end up selling it for? Uh 590. Uh-huh. We listed for 585, sold for 590. Okay. We had an offer in 48 hours. Uh-huh. That house is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great pictures. Like it just it thank yeah. you. I, yeah, I knew that was gonna sell quickly. Like it just is a showstopper. It was beautiful. Thank I'm showing you. it off. You know, I'm family in Longmont. So showing it off. Yeah. Thank you. We had people coming by thanking us because, you know, it was it was pretty bad before um, the, I mean, even just the outside of it, right? It hadn't been, you know, kept up. The inside smelled like cat urine. Um, oh, gosh. But we had people, neighbors coming by thanking us just for putting new sod down and painting it. Right. Just for caring. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, so with your 50-50 partner, what did that look like? So you were going to do the creative part. Um, financially, did one of you contribute financially and the other one didn't? Or did y'all both contribute financially? We both did, but he contributed a little bit more because I was doing all the um, creative side of it and going out and buying every, like the finishes and all that sort of thing. So Got it. Um, financially, he you know, but I did everything in terms of carrying costs, um, came out of me. Um, and then I purchased all the materials. Um, well, most he purchased some too. Um, but most of it came from me. Okay. And then did you guys use a hard money loan to purchase it? Yes. So again, I'm going to reference the first purchase slip in Denver because, um, that in the purchasing of that, which I also used hard money, I found a private lender to help with the down payment um, because it, that is a very expensive flip. <laughs> Purchased at 800K, you know, we're talking like over a million sale price and renovations of 185K. So um, I found a private money lender to cover the down payment on it. Um, and he um, offered to like, well, I went to him again for down payment on the long that one. And he not only does private money, but he works at a mortgage broker who does hard money as well. Oh, got it. Um, so he's like, I'll fund this one through that arm of the business versus private. And, you know, I'll match any deal that you get. So I got a, a deal from another hard money lender and he, he matched it. 
And then the other good part about that, because I have so much capital tied up in the Denver flip, we negotiated a monthly payment less than what the interest payment would have been. Wow. That's amazing. All because you mm-hmm. asked? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Because yep. when he said, because his first terms that he sent me, I was like, I can't do this. I've got better terms with another lender and I don't have to pay anything up front. And with all the capital I have tied up in Denver, you know, I have to go with, you know, what I have in the bank and what I can do and blah, blah, blah. So he was like, well, I'll just match it and we'll come up with a an agreement in terms of your monthly payment and we'll roll in the doc fees and everything to the loan. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Do you, would you work with him again? Like you're happy with? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Happy. So easy to work with. Um, gets me my draws and, you know, cause I, we did some of the rental budget with him, not the whole thing. Uh, we did the initial 55 with him and then everything else we did. Um, once we started learning that we were way under bid <laughs> before closing. And so, you know, I mean, like I send a draw request, I have it in 24 hours. Um, you know, the whole funding part in the beginning was super easy. Um, I definitely would work with him again and, you know, he's, wants my business and so you know he's willing to match anything else I find so and just the flexibility of I I can see with him how I can be in multiple projects at a time if I don't have a ton of capital you know with one so and that's my long-term goal because I do want to say goodbye to corporate America eventually yes okay so after all these numbers 411 purchase price 85k reno 590 sales price. About what was y'all's profit? About 34. And y'all split that? Mm-hmm. What was that total? Like four months? Yeah. Okay. We closed on October 21st or 2nd, whatever that Friday was. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And how did the partnership go? I won't do it again. Okay. Um, but I'll expand on that. Um, so obviously things came up along the way. Right. And we, you know, I learned not only do you need to talk about the terms of the contract, but it was okay. Another part of this, it was in my business name. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my brand is important to me. um, And the product I put out is very important to me. And I am not a fly by night flipper. I want a solid product that I could be proud of that 20, 30 years down the road is still a good product, right? Maybe it'll be out out of style, but it's still a good product. So we didn't get into that. So that was a miss on my part. Um, And I don't blame my partner for this. This was a miss on both our parts. We have different standards. Um, So there was some friction there. Okay. I am not about going with the lowest bid always. I want quality. Mm-hmm. And so if I have to pay a little bit more, I'm willing to pay a little bit more because I want it to be something that my family would live in. Yep. And, and, you know, every house I do, that's the mindset I go into is would I live here? Would I want my family to live here? Yeah. And some of it's just, you know, aesthetic stuff, but still that's important to me and it's part of my brand. And I had to compromise a little bit on that. And I never want to do that again. Yeah. Some of my why is time. You know, for me, time is currency. I've got two small kids. I used to travel a lot for work. I'll never get this time back. Yeah. And I was there till one o'clock in the morning, some nights um, towards the end. And part of this was because we got COVID, but he didn't step up during that time in the way I would have expected. So there was just some some lessons learned in that. And some of it was communication, right? And I I will own that part um, because one of the things I'm working on through this and being a business owner and being a boss and all that is having my voice Mm -hmm. and, you know, but having my voice with grace. It doesn't always have to be yelling. It doesn't have to be mean spirited in any way, shape or form, but having my voice and being firm in that, but with grace. So, you know, I, I also don't want to answer to anybody. Yeah. I want, I want to do what I want to do and it's my product. It's my name. And, 
you know, I tried it, no harm, no foul. And, you know, one of the things I'm learning in this journey of being an entrepreneur is, you know, I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. And I'm going to make decisions that in hindsight, maybe I'll never make again. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one of them. I don't want to do a partner like that. I'll have a silent partner. I'll take money all day long. When it comes to the creative side of it, when it comes to the product and, um, you know, the quality of it and who I'm hiring and all that, I want the final say. And I don't want to have to check with anybody. And so, yeah, you know, lesson learned. Yeah, I learned the same one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, it's a speed thing too, right? If If there are multiple people doing the same thing or having input, in the same thing, it's it slows everything down. Everything down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like to have to make a decision and wait for a response where I could just on the spot make the call, you know. And yeah. You know, having just neither one of us did a good job of explaining how we envisioned the final product to be and the quality. Got it. Because there are things that I was like, there's no way this is staying this way. And he was like, that's going to bother me. No one's going to notice that. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I know. And then it became like a couple times a little contentious because there was dollars involved in that. Yeah. And so, you know, again, a miss on our part. And, you know, I, I try to do my due diligence on the front end because you do teach that, you know, if you're going to go into a partnership, yeah. it all needs to be discussed. And, I discussed the bigger things like the money, who's doing what, and we were real clear on that. Um, there were no issues there. It was really just more about, you know, like as the project started to go past time, you know, when we expected it to be completed, both because of my COVID, but also because of supply chain, um, you know, I'm willing to roll up my sleeves, get out there, be there till 1 a.m painting trim. Yeah. I'm paying someone else to do it, but I'm, I need this done. Like, you know, so, and that person wasn't willing to do that. So yeah, that's hard. That's That's okay. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, been there, (laughs) (laughs) been there. Uh, and, and sometimes it's like, they'd honestly be better off just being the money person. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, really yeah. some, sometimes some people aren't made for decision-making like that, especially quick decisions. And yeah, I mean, it really is really hard for some people. We're just different. We're all so different. Yep. Well, good. Well, I mean, I'm glad it all worked out. You're out of the deal. It all worked out. You created mm-hmm. an amazing product. Um, Thank you. Beautiful. And you learned lessons. We're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks that we have to learn lessons. And it's also why I keep coming back. Like there's something new and different every time, every project, something new and different to learn. And it's those things that you can't learn. You The only way you can learn 90% of the things is by doing. I do. Yeah, you've got to be out doing the thing. And then you learn all these things and you're like, Oh, or it's like, Oh, that's what that is. Oh, okay. That makes sense now that I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's, you know, my entire life, every lesson I've learned is through doing like every meaningful lesson, yes. you know, that really has been impactful in a kind of changing type way, if that makes sense, where it's, it's changed the way I've approached something or it's changed my perspective on something, you know, it's all been kind of a hard way by doing. And, you know, it's, I found for myself, I have to be careful to not get into like that victim mentality um, because it's just a lesson, Yeah, you know, you know, it's just like, you know, get back up and go on and don't repeat it you know, and yes. move on to the next thing. It's, it's not a reflection of, you know, something I did wrong. Yes. It's, you know, it, it's, it's, I made a choice and I now know I won't do that choice again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, getting into that whole shame of I'm bad and I make bad choices and I shouldn't have done that. And mm-hmm. all of that is very dangerous. What a could have Yep. Oh my gosh. So 
In terms of surprises, yeah, there were supply chain things and there were things between your partnership within the partnership, but were there surprise repairs or costs once you got into it? Like once you got real bids? <laughs> um, well, the first surprise was that we were way underbid <laughs> initially. Right. So, um, you know, this wasn't a huge um, project in terms of taking walls down. We took one wall down, but it wasn't even all the way to the ceiling to open up the kitchen. Um, I, I would sit, so one thing that happened was in like the week before we were listing, um, I'm paint and trim in the basement and um I just went to walk out and noticed a bubble in the ceiling. Oh gee. Uh-huh. <laughs> so a pipe leading the main line coming in. Um it I, it was an easy fix fully. Um but it somehow like came loosened and like the seal of it just was completely eroded. So and if someone come in and do that, that was just a like I wouldn't call it necessarily a big cost, but it was just one of those like uh, right at the end. <laughs> yes. I get we're it. Like we're in the home stretch. Right. Like, <laughs> oh just um, make it stop. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but um really no it was just the being under bid, really. Yeah. Um, that was it. It yeah. was, you know, just, I mean, way under bid. Uh, right. <laughs> for no big, pro- no big issues um, in terms of, you know, a plumbing, electrical, anything like that. Nice. So that was- yeah. Good. I think I know the answer to this, but what's your favorite part of the process? The creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love taking something old and breathing life back into it. Um, and, you know, I, I like in an early age kind of shut down my creative side to me. So it, it, I've learned the more I do this and the more I get into this, this business that I'm in now, it's, I like it. I feel alive. So it's, it's the best feeling ever, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's, I, I like to try depending on when the home was built, like my one in Denver, Oh yeah, you know, in 1920, like that, I want to keep a little bit of the old character, but this Longmont one is built in like 84, Right. you know, it's a little different, but I still got to be creative and take something all, you know, knock down a wall, open it up, yeah. all that. I love it. Yes. Same, mm-hmm. same. I know that this Denver flip is like going on and on and on. Are you waiting till that sells to look for another one? Yeah, I'm going to go heavy on my own marketing using your model or how whatever word I'm looking for. Sorry, my brain is not braining well, as you would say. <laughs> same. <laughs> um, so I'm focusing on doing that right now. Um, focusing on getting my real estate license because these were all things I was working on and then everything, you know, blew up on me. Um, so I kind of had to pivot. That's my new favorite word. I'm going to get a tattoo on my body somewhere because it's like all I feel like I do is pivot, 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 which is, it's good. Um, it's problem solving, which I like to do. Um, but yeah, I have a, so much capital tied up in Denver right now that I, I'm not comfortable. I mean, I could probably find money, um, but I'm just not comfortable until I get this unloaded. And the goal for that is end of January. Nice. Okay. That was my next question. Oh, nice. Do you think that mm-hmm. is that, does that seem doable? I should have all the walls up the end of the end of next week, just before Christmas. So then it's flooring, tile, painting, you know, lighting, all the fun stuff. Right. Yes. So for me. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I think it's doable. We don't have any supply chain issues. Nice. Um, I have all my appliances. I have all the windows. Um, 
the whole, I mean, that place, that's, if you want to do a podcast for my second sale, first purchase, like, I mean, from finding out I had lead, um, lead pipes in the main line outside, that was one blessing that came out of, like, the mess was Denver has a get the let out program, they call it. And I saved $15,000. Oh, wow. I would never have known that if I did not have this new GC. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Was it the guy that walked through? Was is the new GC the guy, one of the guys that was there when we came to visit and he came to meet you? I passed on him. I liked him. Okay. His energy was not what I needed coming out of what I came out of. Got it. Um, I needed different energy. And I know that might sound hokey to some, but um, he was too intense to the world is you know, the, the sky is falling, the world is ending. Like <laughs> I needed, like, we got this. We'll get this turned around. Um, you know, let's take it a step at a time kind of thing. I needed that. Um, but he's he's good. He's a good contact. He helped with some things in Longmont, actually. Oh, nice. Um, and getting some people out there and for bids and some subs that he works with. So there's still a relationship there. Um, but I went with somebody else. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in choosing the energy I want to be around. So it's not Mm -hmm. hokey to me at all. (laughs) Um, Like intensity. I can't, I, I take it on, like I take on the energy around me. So I can't be around the intensity. Like, oh my gosh. I didn't need that coming out of that. I mean, I was a ball of stress, right? But then I had that fire in me where I'm not going to let these guys destroy me. Yeah. Like you are not going to do this. I, you know, I am going to get through this and come out the other side and keep going. I love that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's how I got where I am in life today is that fire, you know? Right. Thinking back, like before you purchased your first flip or your second flip, whichever flip. What was your biggest fear or what were a couple of your biggest fears around flipping houses? So initially, um, as I'm sure many have said, and I've heard it said in here a hundred times, was the money piece. Mm -hmm. But that actually became one of the easiest things. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was getting out of my own damn way. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, um, this truly, I know you say it all the time and, you know, it's said a lot. This is a mindset program and, you know, not to get you know too deep, but, you know, I said I had some childhood trauma. I mean, both my parents are addicts. Um, so I have been gaslit my entire life. Oh gosh. And to trust my gut is really, really difficult. And to not go into a place of fear is very difficult. And to have a voice is really difficult. And I can, I get, like I said, I get in my own way with all three of those things. Um, and so I have to have a daily practice reminding myself, you know, that this, you know, number one, I, my voice matters and this is my business Mm -hmm. and I have to trust what I feel inside and like I said before, I can do that without it being like a, a bomb exploded. I can do it with grace. Yes. And, you know, I I did do it with grace a lot in the beginning with the Denver project. And then it just, I, I mean, I was being gaslit, gaslit, gaslit. So it was super triggering. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, you know, I, I did turn into, I mean, it became a five alarm fire and I was, you know, very, I didn't mince words. We'll just say that. <laughs> um, but it, you know, my biggest lessons are when my gut is telling me I need to trust it and I need to speak up. And 
you know, I need to also not like with the long run project and having a partner, not feel bad about what my expectations are. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, just quieting the fear and just responding, you know, because the fear can get me in this tailspin and then I end up having a voice, then I end up feeling resentful, then I end up, you know, just it's like a a spiral. And so I, you know, when I feel that I, I, I've made a promise to myself, sit with it until I'm no longer triggered and I can actually discern between whether this is a legitimate gut feeling or, you know, the past kind of creeping in on me. Yeah. You know, usually within a couple of days, I'm, I can determine that and respond. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's sooner than that, but the most it's been is a couple of days and Denver it went on. I let it go on too long. It did. Um, I was so focused on wanting, not wanting my past to dictate how I reacted to this, that I I, I didn't trust myself. I, you know, kind of let people BS me and, you know, I was making excuses for them. And, you know, I just, I... Hindsight being 2020, had I trusted myself earlier, I would have not lost as much as I I, I lost on that project, both time and money-wise. But that's okay. Because again, these are all learning lessons. And for me, learning to trust myself is the best lesson I could have ever gotten through all of this. And, you know, just learning that, my voice matters and that, you know, what I say matters and that this is my business and my money and my project. And you're not going to tell me how it's going to be done. (laughs) You know, that's huge. Like it all hits me very deeply. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, one thing I started doing is, you know, that, again, getting out of my own damn way, like not getting stuck in the problem and reaching out. Like another great thing that came out of this Denver one, the mess that it is, is the amount of networking I've done Mm -hmm. and people I can now call to gut check or, you know, Hey, like this doesn't look right. Like, I don't know enough, but this doesn't look right. (laughs) You come check this out or can I take a picture and send it to you? Um, you know, that is, I mean, fantastic that that came out. Because now I've just got this bigger pool of people and resources to pull from. Right, right. So, you know, I'm reframing a lot of it and not focusing on what went wrong, you know, and focusing on what I'm learning from it. God, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It took me five years, many projects. to get there. So many of the things that you've said mm-hmm. are the big lessons that I too needed to learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you have started learning them faster. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I thank am you. like self-trust. Yep. Big one. Right. Like just Mm -hmm. across everything. It's just huge. And then we get to model that. And then our kids, like our kids will learn it sooner. Like it's just, it's not just about us. It's about everything around us. Yep. Yeah. It's, you know, (laughs) I've been in therapy a long time in my life because of my upbringing. Um, This like owning a business, starting a business, doing this, everything I've done and what's happened in these first two projects. I mean, that's probably two years worth of therapy. Oh, easily. But I've, you know, the growth I've had yeah. and the awareness and the evolution, um, you know, you know, cause I always say like, there's not like a stop for me. Like I'm going to continue to evolve and grow and yeah. I'm reaching toward being this, you know, better person in my life. And, 
um, this has catapulted me in a way that I don't think any therapist could. I mean, honestly, the, the, the lessons and just the personal growth and just, you know, I got knocked down a bunch, um, took a hit to my confidence, but I'm, I'm still going and I'm not going to let it, you know, take me down. And yeah, that's hard. It is. It's real hard. I mean, there've been sleepless nights. Don't get me wrong. Oh, for sure. For sure. (laughs) No, but like, you know, when I sit and I reflect and I look, you know, because one thing I will say that I've always struggled with is recognizing my accomplishments Mm. and celebrating them and not minimizing them. Oh, gosh. I've always minimized everything. Uh, Sister. Yeah. It's from where I came from to where I am, even that in and of itself is an accomplishment. And I've struggled to, it took me years to be able to say that. And so like, I mean, I've only been doing this since I bought the first one in April of last year. I closed April 28th. And where are we, December? No. And, or not last year, April of this year. No, we're in December. And, you know, it's, it has caused me to look at myself in a way and really dig deep and like see, wow, like look at what you did. Look how you handled that. Look at what you're doing. Mm. Look at what you're modeling for your kids. Look at, you know, and I luckily have a really great support system too. And my husband, that he has helped me along the way on those days where I don't want to get out of bed or those days where I feel like, what did I do wrong? Maybe this isn't for me. and I shared this with you I mean from the littlest thing is buying me a keychain that says you know you're the boss like you know do other bigger things and just like you know managing the kids more and like you know reminding me how far I've come and how much I've learned and you know it's, it's part of the process and it's actually you know I love flipping houses I love the creative side of it but what it's done for me personally I mean, that that's just monumental. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah, I say it a lot. The flip is great. I'm so like, I'm so excited. I know that's our goal, right? The flip is the goal. Mm-hmm. But my favorite transformation, the house is, tra- the, that transformation is great. But the transformation that happens inside of us, it has to. We aren't the same person when we flip a house than, nope. than when we started. We're not that same person. We can't be. It's not like you can't be. You have to. Uh, you have to show up differently. In order to show up differently, you have to evolve and transform some in some way. I remember hearing from you super early on in the program on one of the group calls, and the, I mean, we're talking like within my first couple of weeks of being in the program, or like first, you know, maybe two months max. And you had said something, and this was something I was avoiding. You were talking about what are the things you're avoiding, right? And it was like making phone calls, like for building your team, right? And Mike was like calling hard money lenders. And you had said, the person you are before you make that phone call is different than the person you'll be afterward. And that stuck with me. Wow. It's so true. I mean, the person I was April 28th when I closed on Denver is not the same person I am today. Yeah. Were there a lot of struggles along that way? Yes. Yep. Um, but I am, you know, I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of what I'm doing. And I'm, I have this group and you to thank for that. And huge. That's huge. Like you saying that, that you're proud of yourself. That's huge. That's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard to say. A year ago, I would, I don't know that I could say that. Even with like the 10 years of therapy and the hundreds of times. (laughs) Oh, but it's really transformative. And what a journey. Yeah. It's been great. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I can't think of a better way to wrap up the conversation than what you just said with you being proud of yourself. Like that's it. That's it. That's what I was, that's what I'm here for. (laughs) That's what the call was all about was just to get to that point where you said you were proud of yourself. <laughs> Check. Yeah, exactly. Like that's huge. That's awesome. But really, this has been fantastic. I'm like such an enjoyable conversation. And so I, I appreciate you sharing not just your your professional journey, but parts of your personal journey too. 
because that's the, that's the stuff. Like that's the stuff. That's the meat. Like that's the good stuff. I appreciate it. It's going to resonate deeply with, with people. And you have no idea. Like you have no idea the people that are going to resonate with your story and be inspired by you. And it's, it's, it's just awesome. The vulnerability in this group is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the way people lift each other up and share and it's inspiring. And you should be, you should be proud of that because you created that space. You know, We've all definitely co-created it. I, I like, I really, we really have because it's every single person who comes in and contributes and brings the energy. And we've just been so fortunate that we keep finding really cool people. But you attract what you put out there. I believe that. And you yeah. put this out there and you created this space. And so it's just attracting those people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm so glad that you're part of it. And Yeah. Thank you for sharing part of your story. Thank you. All right. I'll see you for sure in the group. Yeah. And uh, around the interwebs and stuff. Yes. Thank you. I hope you feel better. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. I'll see you. Bye, Debbie. Bye, Bridget. What a conversation, right? Oh my gosh. Oh, so much. So much goodness and authenticity and vulnerability and lessons learned and things she'll do differently and things she's proud of. That conversation was just so powerful. And I'm so thankful that you shared part of your story with us, Bridget. Thank you very much. All right. So if you're listening and you're like, dang, this community sounds pretty awesome. This community of women, not just learning how to start and grow their house flipping business, but a community of women who encourage each other and empower each other and support each other and literally cheer each other on day in and day out. If you want to be a part of that, if you want more information, go to herfirstflip.com. And if you like what you see, schedule a call with us. And let's see if we're a fit. All right. You know the drill. Go out there, flip houses like a girl, leave people and places better than you find them, and chase your curiosities. I tricked you, right? All right. That's the new sign off. So do it. Go chase your curiosities. All right. Until next time. Bye, y'all.